Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I am Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. We're going to go a little off topic for a moment today at the beginning of this show because we know we have a worldwide audience and people are curious about how America is doing. Today is Inauguration Day for the new president of the United States. and Vice a, President and quite a few new people. <laughs> yes, and a big change of energy. So I'm going to turn it over to Michael to make his comment about it. Well, it's actually not off topic because our topic was going to be today being your own best friend. It's still going to be today. It's still going to be being your own best friend. And, and what's, what's friendship based on? Ah, validation. But more than that, this inauguration, you know, inauguration, we're, we're bringing in a new space. Whatever that's going to be, end up to be, we'll never know for sure because, you know, anybody can say anything, but, but it's not until we put the, what would you say, the, your, your metal to the pedal or no, pedal to the metal or it's whatever. The, it's the rubber hits the road. <laughs> <laughs> I never get those kinds of things straight. But, but, uh, like we always talk about on our show, everything starts with setting the energy. And I felt today uh, with the inauguration, it's, it's a great start because it's a great reset to the energy. And that's always what we have to start with first. When we don't set up the energy correctly, then no matter how much, how hard we work and whatever we do, things we're working uphill, you know, swimming uphill if, if upstream, if we don't set the energy first. And I thought today it's a good reset and whatever happens after this, we'll find out, but it's a good reset to setting the energy back to one of healing, restoring ourselves personally, globally, nationally, Restoring to unity and, and uh, healing the wounds of, of division and strife, that's a good, good start. And in a sense, from latter part of last year, I've been setting the energy and seeing the energy of this year to be one that's based on compassion, communication, cooperation and collaboration and creation and so uh, we've we've been talking about that for a while now within our communities and uh, I thought that the inauguration theme went right along with that which was oh it's interesting isn't it in spirit the more you you're tuned into spirit the more unified you become the more you're on the same page, even if it's on a whole total different perspective of everything or whatever. 
It's we're in communication. And that's another aspect of foundation of friendship, communication. So today, I think uh, we are on topic. (laughs) Absolutely. I agree with every word that Michael said. And I would also like to read a post by a friend of ours, Stephen Dynan. He's an awareness teacher, a spiritual teacher, and a, a leader of a rather large group of people. And I really liked his post because I think it says it all um, very succinctly. Only two small paragraphs. He says, President Biden gave a powerful speech that balanced sobriety at what we face, empathy, empathy for what we must heal, and hope for what we can achieve, all grounded in a history of America ultimately overcoming. And Amanda Gorman, the poet laureate, was sizzling with truth, power, and uplifting energy. Amazing new healing voice. Gave me so many chills and tears. What an offering. That is exactly how I felt, and I thought that uh, Amanda was absolutely amazing only 22 years old yeah and i'm sure she's already looking at running for president down the line (laughs) well she even mentioned it oh she did and then and then uh uh lady gaga's uh rendition of the um i don't know i didn't (laughs) (laughs) Uh, was it you know, oh, say, can you say? Yeah, yeah. that's all. That's all. <laughs> the battle. What, what do you call that? The battle cry of America. No, <laughs> no I'm just kidding. Uh, it was a beautiful, beautiful rendition and very, very powerful, I thought. Uh, and I, I like the lineup, you know, of, of the people who were singing and, and uh, reciting and whatnot. It was a good combination. Yeah, Very absolutely. representative of of this reset of our energy. Yes, especially with Amazing Grace uh, thrown in there, a a hymn that was about a man who um, awoke after not being too kind to his slaves under very dire circumstances. I love that song. Well, let us move into our show this season. We've been addressing various aspects of your psychic communication with others in your life and in the world. In last week's show, we explored what friends are really for. So this week, we thought we'd go a step closer to home and explore what it means to be the best friend you can be to yourself, how you might be able to become your own best friend and why that is an all-important learning process on your spiritual path to freedom. Have you ever considered being your own best friend? That's the name of this show, Being Your Own Best Friend. Throughout my life, I've heard people say, usually in exasperation, I'm my own worst enemy, yet rarely have I heard people joyfully exclaim, I'm my own BFF. (laughs) Isn't that a bit strange? Shouldn't it be easier for us to relate to ourselves as our own best friend rather than feeling like we are our own worst enemy? I understand where that sentiment came from. There are times that we are trying hard to accomplish something good in life and we trip ourselves up and fail. That feeling may also come from those times when we know there is no one else to blame than ourselves for some misfortune we brought about. 
Of course, ultimately, there is no blame, but what we experience in life is up to no one else but ourselves, unless we don't have to see ourselves as our own enemy or anything less than a great friend. What makes it so much easier for us to consider ourselves more of an enemy than a friend? Well, as they say, familiarity tends to breed contempt, or at least we may have the tendency to take the familiar more for granted than the new and exciting. How many people have you heard make comments like, ah, she's just the wife. I get that all the time, by the way. Ah, she's just the wife. Or he's just my dad. Or, ah, she's just the housekeeper. Or grandpa's at it again. Ho-hum, nothing very exciting, is it? Quite a few years ago, I had a hilarious experience in an upscale section of Brentwood in L.A., although it pointed out the unfortunate state of some people's attitude. Michael had given me a beautiful Taylor guitar for my Christmas present earlier, and I bought myself a rather fashionable denim jacket with the Taylor name and guitar embroidered on the back and front to honor that gift. I happened to be wearing that new jacket as I walked down the street, passing an outdoor cafe for Hollywood celebrity oogling, ogling. <laughs> It, it was very funny because you could overhear conversations as you walk by. So as I was passing by two very well-dressed women having their lunch there next to the sidewalk, they both looked up at me. Looking at the Taylor name on the back of my jacket, one of the women excitedly said to the other, Is that James Taylor's wife? After a moment's pause, the other woman replied quite haughtily, Oh, no, she's nobody. But that, that's not the only thing that happened that day in that exact regard. I guess I, I don't know what James Taylor's wife looked like at that time, but I'm sure it wasn't like me. I went to a UPS store type of place to take care of my mail business with the same jacket on on the same day. And I ended up chatting with the clerk for a long time about Taylor guitars. I absolutely love these guitars. They're beautiful. We've even been to the factory. And we chit-chatted about them and about music. And suddenly in the middle of the conversation, he said, well, aren't you James Taylor's wife? (laughs) And I said, "Uh, no, but I'm Michael Tamora's wife. Does that make a difference? (laughs) And then we continued talking about guitars and music for a few more minutes. And as I turned around to leave, he said, I know you're James Taylor's wife. (laughs) (laughs) I had to laugh because it wasn't okay for me to be exactly who I was at the moment, at least from that guy's perspective. All all in the same day. All in the same day. So, you know, that's Hollywood. And um, it didn't hurt my feelings, though. It was so ridiculous. I started laughing to myself. But at the same time, it was a sad state of where people were at the time. And, you know, I'm sure they are still now. For them, if you were a celebrity, then you were somebody worth their interest. If not, well, you're nobody worth appreciating. Competition is built into how many people relate to one another. And competition and judgment never heals. It's always destructive to relationships. One of the things we teach our students right from the beginning is about how to get out of competition, especially competition with themselves. Michael has long taught that competition begins when you see yourself as not enough in any way. If you feel or think that you are somehow not good enough, 
not smart enough, not beautiful enough, not successful enough, or even just not famous enough, you are in competition with yourself. Once you see some kind of lack in yourself, then you immediately get into competition with yourself to be different than how you believe you are. The moment you get into competition with yourself, you will be in competition with everyone else as well. As in everything else in relationships, the only way that you can truly relate to others is in the way you relate to yourself. Many people believe that they can treat others well, even if they are treating themselves harshly. That comes from the fact that anyone can learn to put on a good face or a smile or speak kindly or politically correctly, even if that's not how they are inside. A person can be angry and blaming his boss within himself, but because he doesn't want to be fired, he can smile and act as if he is completely amenable to his boss. Another person could resent her boyfriend for disrespecting her in front of her friends, but may put on a good face and act as if everything is normal for fear of jeopardizing her relationship with him. I'm sure none of you have ever experienced that. And many people may blindly go along with such performances as if they are basing their relationship strictly on a physical and intellectual level rather than being able to have the fullness of the psychic communications that are going on in it all the time. When people do that, they believe that they can be in competition with themselves and treat themselves unkindly, but treat others well. You might be able to treat another person like royalty on the outside, but if you are in competition with yourself and not treating yourself well, the psychic part of your relationship will suffer greatly, especially over time. Yeah, well, that was one of the more difficult parts of my relationships with people when I was growing up. In Japan, it was particularly challenging because the culture, especially at the time, honored honored the uh, silent enduring of whatever suffering one was experiencing. In my view... It wasn't so much like the grin and bear it mm-hmm. <laughs> situation. It was more be serious and bear it. <laughs> and that could be a double whammy. Being a child and not having any mentors at the time in dealing with my psychic awareness on many levels, I picked up a lot of the unspoken underlying emotions and thoughts of people around me. Even if they looked happy and cheerful on the outside, I often felt their underlying pain and suffering. Although I knew that some of what I was experiencing was what the other person was suppressing, it would be years before I start to learn just how much of what I was experiencing wasn't mine. I realized that almost everyone worked hard to be someone or something else than the way they really were. They were looking at images in their own mind as to who and how they were and often didn't like those images. And more often than not, uh, those images of themselves were from other people and not of their own making. Invalidation is never, ever true because invalidation is anything that tells you that you are not 
but your spirit, eternal and limitless. You just are. Can't help it. <laughs> As a spiritual beingness, you cannot be sometimes and at other times not be. And that's the question that Shakespeare was asking through Hamlet, right? To be or not to be, that is the question. <laughs> but is it really the question? Only in this world of division made by dichotomies can that be a question. In spirit, there's only the undivided. As spirit, you simply are. You are without beginning or ending. There's no end to you, so you cannot be sometimes and not be at other times. In fact, you are beyond time. Every form of invalidation tells you that in some way you are not. You're not enough, not good enough, not competent, not attractive, not smart, not spiritual. Invalidation can even take the positive form like you are limited. You are mortal. You are only human. You are defective. You are lacking. <laughs> How many times in a day do you encounter an invalidating thought? This is a good time to take a pause. And since we're coming up on our first break, we wanted to invite you to join us for our next teleclass, Transforming Your Energy Space to Celebrate Every Aspect of Your Life. Yay! Yay! <laughs> on Saturday, February 6th. So it's a little down the road, mark your calendar, from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time. You'll learn how to do psychic energy work to help you make every aspect of your life more fun and joyful, no matter the circumstances. For all the details and to sign up, go to our January events calendar, actually the February events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Noelle, who who knows everything about all of our events at 530-926-2650. That goes to Northern California during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday. And before I finish here, um, I did remember the name of the song that Lady Gaga sang, which was the it's star, a national, yeah. star Spangled Banner. It's the was, national anthem. It's That's the, the word I was looking the for. The national anthem, yes. <laughs> All right. We will return in just a couple of minutes to continue being your own best friend. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational incredible information one of the best books i've ever read inspirational a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose that's what readers around the world are saying about you are the answer the award-winning book by michael j tomorrow beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary order your copy now at amazon.com living the miracle with michael and Raphael tomorrow Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com 
And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Well, it's good to have you back with us. We've been exploring what it is to be your own best friend, why that might be important to your spiritual growth, and what it takes for you to be the best friend you can be to yourself. And Michael was talking about invalidation before we went on the break. You want to continue yeah, that thought? And, and the invalidation came up as a result of, you know, we were talking about competition, not being good enough, not being enough, not whatever enough, or just not. And that's essentially the basis of invalidation. All invalidation is just you're not, whatever you're not, not. But as spirit, you can't not be. You are. (laughs) The very, in a sense, definition of spirit is is. Well, a lot of times the Buddhists will say isness, but, you know, beingness, that which is, that which you are. So, so then when, when you get hung up on the thought of I'm not, I, I, you know, I'm not up to this, I'm not able to, I'm not whatever, it's just that's the invalidation. So... Before the break, I was talking about, well, how often do you encounter that thought, you know, that invalidating thought of something that you're not, you're not something enough, you're not this, you're not that, you can't this. Well, who in your life is often invalidating towards you? You know, we all tend to have people who... Every time we see them, <laughs> it's almost like their their greeting card <laughs> is is instead of saying hello, it says, "Oh, why aren't you?" Or, "Can't you be more this way?" <laughs> Something's wrong with you. <laughs> and and um, then the other side of it, who in your life is almost always validating? You you just you. See the person, you say hello, you you answer the phone, and this person's on the phone, and it's a total validation. Just you can experience that this person really sees you. It really is going, regardless of what situation you're in in your life, it's you're you. You I see you. You you exist, you are. And Validation. Sometimes people think validation is sweet talking, you know, and sugarcoating, looking at you through rose colored glasses. Everything is, oh, you're so nice, you're so good, you're so this, you're so that. No, that's not validation. I mean, it may be true that you are good or you are beautiful or whatever, but it's, it's not, you know, stroking your ego. That's not validation. 
Validation is seeing and communicating the truth of your beingness that you are. A real friend can tell you that sometimes you can be a real pain. (laughs) And you both might end up Mm -hmm. laughing about that. That's because that's not an invalidation that says that you are not. Your friend was kindly communicating his or her experience that you can be a real pain at times, (laughs) in which you knew that you can be, you know, you've had experience uh, being a really uh, <laughs> well, getting the feedback from people that yeah. you're a pain. Yeah. And, we all do. Yes, we all go through that. Yeah, we all make mistakes. <clears throat> we all uh, say things we regret later on and stuff like that. I mean, that's that doesn't have to be invalidation. That's just experience. If someone tried to tell you that you are nothing, but a pain all the time, then that would be a form of invalidation and definitely not true. As Raphael said earlier, that none of us can relate to others in a way that we don't already relate to ourselves. If we are being hard on ourselves, we can't be easy on others, even if we act like it on the outside, on the inside, psychically where we really are with ourselves will definitely affect others. One example is that when you are with someone who's in a lot of competition with him or herself, it's not going to be a comfortable or enjoyable experience on a psychic level for you, especially if you are very aware and sensitive. Competition means that you can't just be yourself as you are. So when someone is in competition within themselves, he or she is overriding being him or herself by trying to be someone or something better in their estimation. It's like a person who thinks of herself as not nice enough might try hard to be the nice person that she thinks is better than how she is. Or a person who thinks of himself as a loser may try to be the successful person that he thinks is better than how he thinks he is. Most importantly, competition stunts your spiritual growth because spiritual growth is based on how much you can restore yourself to the wholeness of your of being undivided spirit. Competition, on the other hand, is the basis of divide and conquer. I often tell leaders working with colleagues toward a more spiritually aware environment, but who feel they would antagonize their colleagues more by using words like spirit or psychic or directly addressing spirituality, I tell them to communicate instead about reducing competition in the workplace amongst the managers and their employees. The more you can get out of competition with yourself and others, the more you will start to experience aspects of being the true spirit that you are. True spirituality isn't about talking about spirit. It's realizing that you are and living as spirit in this world. And that's what our show is always about, living the miracle. That's living here in this world 
as the spirit, as the immortal soul, as the limitlessness that you are. Ah. So what makes you a real friend to someone else? For me, I would have to say compassion first. By that, I mean that a real friend sees you for the light that you truly are, no matter what you're doing or how you're acting at the moment. A good friend doesn't judge you. He or she validates you as you are instead. A friend doesn't have to agree with you about everything, but even when he or she has a very different perspective from you about something, he or she still can let you be as you are. A good friend validates you for who you really are, but doesn't enable you to be divided and trying to be someone or something you aren't just to appease others. A friend supports you in being true to your spirit rather than dividing you against yourself. Even more important than you having a great friend, you have to be your own best friend first. Even when the whole world seems against you, can you be your greatest supporter, your devoted ally, your trusted confidant, your best friend? Or do you run or hide from yourself when the going gets rough? (laughs) And we all know. Into the bottle, into the drugs. (laughs) Or or isn't it that... (laughs) You know, the uh, when the going gets rough, the tough go shopping. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. And now when the shopping, most of the shopping is online, boy, you don't have to be that tough to go shopping. No. <laughs> Things don't have to get too rough to go shopping. Okay. And now a good friend can be hard on you when it's needed, right? To help you get through challenges. But you always know that They have your best interests at heart and that they are on your case with great compassion. Truly great friends are courageous and are willing to put themselves on the line to help you when you really need it. They're also courageous enough to tell you like it is, at least from their perspective. They don't want to necessarily, you know, control you that way. No, they're going, no, well, from where I'm looking at this, this is what it looks like. It's, you know, I'm not going to agree with you just because you're my friend. So being your own best friend requires you to be courageous as well as compassionate. You don't have to be perfect, but you have to treat yourself with great respect, regardless, great admiration, compassion, and courage. When you feel up against a wall, you have to back yourself up even more. I remember early on in my training with my teacher, I heard him laughing and talking to a friend of his as I was walking away after I dropped the ball about something important. I overheard him saying to his friend, 
Ah, oh, that's Michael over there having a talk with himself. <laughs> I didn't think much of the statement at the time, but over the years, I start to understand what he meant. At the time, my teacher made that comment to his friend about me. I wasn't talking out loud to myself or anyone else. Yet, he saw that I was having a big talk with myself about what I had just done and what I was about to do about it. You know what? I was having a real heart-to-heart. I wasn't happy with myself, but I was willing to have a talk with myself and see what I could work out to make things better. It wasn't until many years later and having observed many people not doing that in a similar situation that I started to understand the importance of what my teacher said and what he was looking at in relationship to what he was telling his friend. I realized that many people, after having a failure or making some sort of costly mistake, got stuck on berating or punishing themselves for it and feeling guilty about it. Rather than sitting down with themselves, in a manner of speaking, and having a heart-to-heart talk until they were able to resolve the problem. I mean, isn't that what good friends do? Yeah, I understood then that I would naturally talk things out with myself, within myself, much like the good friends would do with each other, even if there was a big upset. Rather than doing that outwardly and out loud with someone else, I somehow learned early on in my life to do it quietly within myself. It wasn't an intellectual discussion. Rather, it was a heart-to-heart communication between the, quote, offender (laughs) and the offendee, both of which I was, right? You can't be just the one or the other. If you are the offender, you're offended. And if you're the offended, you're you're the offender, right? It's all in within you. So that means there's, you're divided. That's when we have problems. That's, that's when we are upset. That's when we are unhappy with ourselves and, and everything is, is when we're divided and we're divided against ourselves. Competition is a form or basic form of being divided against ourselves. Okay, so, but then in the world, many, many people tend to take that out on each other. But when we realize, oh, I'm divided against myself, the offender part, you know, uh, is divided against the offendee part. (laughs) So those two parts of myself that's been divided in the middle has to come together. It's very much like part of uh, President Biden's speech. Ah, we got to come together. Even though we don't agree on it, it's, it's all right. Even if we want to go different, uh, do different things, it's okay. But we need to sit down and talk about it. We need to be able to ah, communicate and get to a wholeness instead of being divided. Because if we're divided, and especially if we're divided within ourselves, we are conquered. Yeah? And it's not... We conquer ourselves. No, we're conquered by the world. We're conquered by whatever, anything around us. It's called being a victim. Yeah. But if we 
decide, oh, I have to be my best friend first. I can't be sitting here as a victim going, oh, poor me. I have no one to talk to. Uh, (laughs) uh, Nobody cares about me. I don't have a friend in the world. Oh, yeah? Guess why? The minute you start to be your best friend, you start to have other friends. But until you're willing to be your own best friend that you could rely on, you can trust, you could tell your best friend anything, even the most you know, what you might call the worst failure, worst shame, worst pain, whatever it is that you are experiencing, a best friend will be there for you to listen. At the very least, they might not be able to solve your problem, but they'll be there to listen, to be, to hear you out, to look at you and go, okay, so you made a mistake. Okay, so you really botched this thing. <laughs> They're not going to say, oh, it's okay, you, you didn't do anything. And, and uh, no, they're not going to lie, but they're going to go, okay, so there it is. Get over it. <laughs> let's, let's get on to the next step. So this happened. What, what do you need to do next? What, where do you go? You, you don't want to stay stuck in here. They're going to help you get unstuck, even if you're really seriously stuck. To me, a good friend says to me, you're an idiot, but I love you anyway. (laughs) Well, we're coming up to our next break, so please save these dates. Saturday, February 27th and Sunday, February 28th, we invite you to join us for a powerful stay at home for Teleclass Remote Weekend Event, Your Mediumship clairvoyance, and the global awakening, perfect for this time. Included with this remote weekend event will be our popular bonus Zoom Q&A and social following the teleclass on Sunday for anyone who attends one or more of the teleclasses over the weekend. Here are the topics for the teleclasses on Saturday, um, and that would be February 27th. Like it or not, you got mediumship, managing mediumship, yours and others in the global transformation. The second class for the day is, are you in or out? Your mediumship, clairvoyance, and the out-of-body experience. And for the teleclasses on Sunday, what's mediumship got to do with it? How mediumship affects your relationship and what to do about it. And then the afternoon class is on the path of clairvoyant, on the path of the clairvoyant medium healer. How to have fun waking up the world and not get crucified. For all the details or to sign up, go to our website, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours specific time. In just a bit, we'll continue with being your own best friend. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. 
the best book ever. Transformational, incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational, a must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Listening to Living the Miracle, Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1 888 346 9141. Again, that's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been exploring what it means and takes. And what it takes to be your own best friend, which is a lot more important than you might think it is. Michael would like to continue his thoughts about being your own best friend. Oh, yes. <laughs> you know, in the before the break, we were talking about, uh, I made the comment that a good friend can say to me, you're an idiot, but I love you anyway. <laughs> and that's essentially, it's not what you say, but it's where you're coming from in saying what you're saying. Because when I was talking about the the courage it takes to be a best friend, even a, a good friend, is you're putting your your fears aside. It doesn't mean you don't you're not afraid of things, you don't have trepidations, you know, all that kind of stuff. But you're going, okay, this isn't gonna, you know, land well. This is going to upset my friend, but it's important enough. I, I have to communicate this to my friend, not pull any punches. But a good friend, you can tell, even when they're saying things to you that you don't want to hear, or that's against your principles, or whatever it is that you hold dear, you can tell. You experience the psychic part of the communication is Hey, I love you anyway. I'm not trying to push you over. I'm not trying to invalidate you or, or get you out of, the, out of the way or whatever or manipulate you. This is from, as a friend, this is what I'm seeing. This is what you might need to look at. This is what you might need to consider to make a, a wise decision about whatever's going on. Huh. So sometimes... What a good friend tells you might sting at first because you have some, you know, uh, something there. And but Called then ego. But then when you when you reflect upon it and, and look at it for yourself and you go, yeah, you know, I, I do need to look at this. I do need to make some changes, whatever the case might be. So <laughs> yes, so I call that, you know, you're an idiot, but I love you anyway. But the good friend also says to me. You're a genius, 
but I love you anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Because in the world, the opposites, the dichotomies in the world, it's either or. But the friend is the one who says, no, it's not either or. It's both and. And that's the nature of spirit. Is always all-inclusive, just like a friend is inclusive. Even if you do this, I'm still your friend. Even if you really messed up, well, I'm still here for you. Okay, let's look at what the next step is instead of, instead of crying over spilt milk. That's already spilt and already starting to turn sour. <laughs> let's wipe it up and, and get on with it. Okay. The better the friend, the less conditional their love is. Hey, if you look at yourself, you know, pretty much 99.9% of all of us were conditional in some way, shape, or form. Some of us tend to live under more conditions. I'm not going to love you if you don't. Fill in the blanks. I'm not going to love you if you do. Fill in the blanks. Those are all conditions. It's like an ultimatum. Here's my, here are my conditions for this agreement. <laughs> if you don't meet these conditions, I'm out. But a friend says, well, this is what I'd like. This is the way I like it. And this is when I'm, you know, finding you to be uh, uh, the best to be with. But you're your own person. You're, you're who you are. You're where you're at. And, and everyone's entitled to make mistakes because we're all in it to learn. So the better the friend, fewer conditions to their love. Yeah? And that's part of what friendship is for, is we start to stretch each other. Sometimes we're able to push that condition where, hey, are you going to hold on to this condition for your love? Or are you willing to now let that go and expand your capacity to love? You're get closer to your true nature of being undivided. Conditions, holding conditions on any level, judgments, right? It's they're based on judgments. This is good, this is bad, I don't like that, you know, this is terrible, whatever the case might be. So then we make it into a condition of I don't, I'm not gonna do it if that's the way it is. No. I'm not gonna love you if this is the way you are. It's it's not the same as, you know, it might be next to impossible to live with somebody, physically live with somebody when they're in a certain kind of a situation or state or whatever. But loving them doesn't have to change, right? You might have to change the physical uh, setup or whatever, but that doesn't have to diminish loving something or someone just as much. So practice letting go of your competition with yourself to be different or better than you think you are. And above all, communicate with yourself about everything in being your best friend. Michael wanted me to talk about what some of the most important things were about being a good friend. 
And I would like to list you to you a few things I like to practice, which, um, you know, when you live a longer life, like we have been lucky to do, you learn a lot of lessons. You get kicked around by a lot of experiences. And one of the things I like to do is not let any kind of experience ruin my life. And that's been a biggie for me because I'm very sensitive And a lot of times, let's say if I have something with a friend happen, a close friend that I love dearly, um, and something bad goes on between myself and that person, it actually can feel to me like my life is ruined. And of course, that's the ego speaking, but it speaks really loudly and feels, you know, at every inch and every cell of my body. So um, being able to be consistent with myself and truthful with myself about everything and not letting things get to me so much. So with consistency, paying attention to everything going on in your life and be truthful with yourself at what you see and how you respond to it. So, you know, being your own best friend is giving yourself the space to have those emotions but also to be consistent in how you respond to them. It becomes really quite a great practice. Being your own best friend means caring for every aspect of yourself, your body care, for instance, eating the right food, having enough sleep, you know, taking care of that body correctly. Also, emotional care, surrounding yourself with good, like-minded people. You know, you will have challenging people in your life. They are the ones that help you to grow. But also letting yourself have good people around you. And if you don't have good people around you, hey, you know, you can drop them and find someone else. Um, I had a time in my life when I realized everyone around me were not people I cared for. So I, I, you know, just up and moved on from them and it wasn't that I blamed them but it was just time for me to have more supportive people around me and I loved it when I did that and it gave me opportunities to forgive those people also having spiritual practice whatever your practice is meditation prayer even the practice of compassion and kindness to others who you would not otherwise be compassionate or kind toward and being compassionate and kind toward everyone. Practicing love and forgiveness at every turn, especially towards yourself first, because you're not going to be able to love others if you do not love yourself. And if you don't love yourself, you know, there's things you can do about that. Maybe it's time to have a therapist, or maybe it's time to start a spiritual practice. Another thing is learning from your mistakes instead of kicking yourself about them. Learning from all the experiences that come your way in this life and not to dwell on them once they are over. And one of my very favorite things that I learned from my husband here, Michael, is using my own creativity to solve the problems that I have created. Mm. And, you know, <laughs> that's that, um, you know, that story Michael talked about um, where the, our teacher said, that's Michael thinking about, thinking, talking, uh, to, himself. talking to himself. Yes. <laughs> and using your, probably using his creativity and his, his clairvoyant observations on, okay, I dropped the ball here. Why did I drop the ball? And what can I do? 
to, to uh, not fix it, but to resolve this. To yeah, to take move the next step. Yeah. To, to take the next step and mm-hmm. not sit there kicking yourself about it. Yeah, and... And it's interesting, you know, talking to oneself, having a conversation with yourself inside of you. And sometimes, you know, on my walks, I do that. Uh, I'm talking to myself, but not out loud. Um, I'm just having a conversation with, okay, what are we going to do about this situation? And then, oh, yeah, the part of myself that's asking that question is very receptive, being a good friend to the other part that's answering that question. Hey, we could do that in ourselves, you know, all we want. And so so a lot of times, especially if I'm unhappy about something or I'm just, you know, I just had a really rough day or whatever, got slammed mm-hmm. <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, and I'm talking, t- taking a walk or, or just sitting down, grounding and running my energy, meditating, looking at things, I'm communicating with myself and saying, okay, what are we going to do about this? And, and you know, when Raphael is saying being a good friend is taking care of yourself on every level, physical and dietary, as well as emotional and mental, and creative, spiritual. spiritual, all of it, psychic. So it's not like, okay, I'm going to eat right and stick with us and make me. That's not being a good friend. That's being like the the, uh, boss from from hell (laughs) saying, you aren't going to do this and no matter what, even if it kills you, that's not going to help. But it's being a friend is having that compassion and forgiveness. Okay, you goofed. Let's, Let's move on. Let's see what we can come up with on a creative level together for the next step. Once again, we're at the end of our show. We're grateful that you could join us today and hope that our shows offer you much to reflect upon in your life as well as some healing tools for yourself. Be sure to join us next Wednesday when we'll be hanging out with God. Hmm, that should be interesting and fun. Even if God is a subject that scares you, come listen anyway, see what we have to say. Remember, too, to join us for our next teleclass, Saturday, February 6th from 10 a.m. to noon Pacific time on transforming your energy space to celebrate every aspect of your life. Check our website or call our office at 530-926-2650 for details or to sign up. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. We'll be seeing you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth. 